You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Dear friends. Hi, I'm dear friend Emily. I'm dear friend Christy. And I'm dearest friend Jess. And welcome to Dear Friend, an advice write-in show for the musical-minded kind of. <laughs> and we're back <laughs> at you with some stuff. Um, guys, guys, we have another write-in question that I think is going to be really, really interesting. Uh-oh. Are you guys do ready? Do tell. Do okay. tell. Okay. What is right. it? This is from Carrie Pepperidge in Royal Oak, Michigan. And they say, oh, Dear Pepperidge. Friends... I see Emily talk a lot about Lin-Manuel Miranda and him not being a bad singer, despite what folks on Twitter say. So I'm wondering, what makes a singer good and what makes a singer bad? And I know Emily's going to have a lot to say about this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let me preface this by saying it's, it's a conversation about pitch versus tone or timbre. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of singers you you don't have to like Lin Manuel Miranda. You don't have to like the way he sings. You could be like, I don't know, his voice rubs me the wrong way. That's fine. We all have our opinions about vocalists and whether you know some people's voices mm-hmm. you just can't handle. That's right. totally fine. That being said, the man sings on key. I, I, I don't know. He sings on pitch. I don't know. Like he's he's there. Um, mm-hmm. He sings in his range. Um, He's not trying to sing parts that are, you know, out of his range. Um, and I think it's, I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that he doesn't have what is considered now this kind of standardized musical theater sound. Yeah. This, this, this mezzo for girls, high tenor for boys, um, kind of homogenized Broadway sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a thing that I, I, I would argue since Wicked came around it's been a snowballing um, trend where now like something like Hades Town, for example, that does have a lot of different voice types um, right. is the outlier. And everyone is expected to kind of sing this certain way that you can only learn if you're trained at these places and you all kind of sound the same. You got to go to mm-hmm. Carnegie Mellon or the University of Michigan or else you're not going to get to Broadway. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think Lynn, to me, sounds like, <coughs> um, like how... A lot of musical theater singers or performers, really, because you really had to, you could be an actor first who sings, mm-hmm. you could be a dancer first who sings. You know, you had people like Gwen Verdon and Carol Channing who were able right. to be Broadway stars um, in the past. <laughs> people like Anne Elaine Stritch and Ryan King. Yeah. yeah, like passable singing, um, mm-hmm. but you're there for the whole package. Um, and to me, Lynn is that old style of performer. You know, um, I hate to say imperfect, but to me, like, that's what makes most musical theater performers so engaging. It's why we obsess well, over Bernadette Peters, you know, yeah. um, or Mandy Patinkin. Like, they sing amazingly, but also they sound like humans. They'll their voice will crack when they need to or they'll bring it back if they're sad or they'll go into their mm-hmm. head voice and make it soft. They, they act while they're singing. And that's not to say modern Broadway doesn't do that because they do. Of course they do. Mm-hmm. But the, the sound, it just, I don't know. It all sounds the same. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm a little over it. I'm a little over it, yeah. frankly. And I think, you know, those, I think, you know, those imperfe- imperfections and quirks are a really great way of demonstrating character I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you have those, you know, those things, those uh, roles like um, I'd say like, you know, Sarah in Ragtime, um, where you really do want that strong, legit um, uh, technique. Um, but on the other hand, um, you know, I think one of the better, you know, film musicals in recent history was Chicago. 
Mm-hmm. And you had, um, you know, Renee Zellweger playing Roxy as some, and, you know, her voice is kind of, yeah, but then you're looking at this, it's like, yeah, that's Roxy. This is someone whose ambition outstrips her talent, and she's not ready to admit that. It really fits And the it's not written in a way where she sounds, like, horribly bad or anything, because it was no. written for Gwen Verdon, who was an alto, especially at that point in her life. She couldn't really get that much higher. So it's written in her and Cheetah Rivera's range. And like, guess what? These are like low mezzo women. So even Mm -hmm. if you're not the best, you got to be the best dancer now. Now you got to be a really good dancer to do Chicago. That's for sure. But like the singing is part of the package. Mm -hmm. And um, it's become this thing where I can't pick any Broadway voice out of a lineup or very few, at least of this like newer generation of performers. Um, It's one of the reasons why I don't really get into a lot of new musicals. Um, A lot of times I'm like, well, I've already seen this movie a million times. So (laughs) this isn't for me. This is for the new generation. And that's fine. Yeah. But then a lot of the times I'll listen, like I remember trying to get into next to normal a decade ago. And I remember listening to the soundtrack and liking a few of the songs, but I could get into it because other than Alice Ripley like everyone's voice sounded exactly there are, the same I've, I mean I love Next to Normal I've listened to it a dozen times and there are still times when I get Dan and the guy playing the doctor mixed up the doctors mixed up it's yeah <laughs> why does the dad why, why do these okay let me let me go back and say this the reason one of the many reasons why you have different voice types in a show and let's say let's look at maybe like an older show um your younger ingenue characters mm-hmm. um you know, they would have like, uh, your leading man would be a baritone, your leading lady would be a soprano. Then for the character roles, you'd have like kind of your tenor, mm-hmm. tenors and your, you know, belters. Yeah. Um, but if someone's an older character, you, one of the ways to get that across is to have them be a lower range than like your younger characters. Again, to bring back Hades Town, Persephone and Hades are living on the lower end of the vocal spectrum, whereas right. whereas um, the younger characters, um, you know, Orpheus and Eurydice, they're kind of belting high. To me, it's like, why would you have a family unit, a show about a family unit, and the dad and the son, the ghost son, and and the doctor guy, and then the boyfriend guy, they all just sound the same. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't the dad, as a suggestion, be a baritone to imply maturity, that he is the adult? Because they wanted it all to sound rocky. And Um, they all wanted it to sound rocky, yeah. mm -hmm. I will say that I I did not grow up on the cast album of Next to Normal. I grew up on a... Uh, well, a bootleg like sound what is it called um, a recording of Brian Darcy James as the dad and he at least had a very distinctive voice the Darcy has a distinctive voice I, I can right. he's a high tenor but his voice I can pick out of a lineup anytime I hear mm-hmm. him I'm like oh there he is. Uh, and Even that's on, the other When thing. he's not singing, you can pick his voice out yeah. of the lineup. <laughs> yeah. And I, to me, when people are like, oh, Lynn, uh, he can't. He... Well, this is the other thing. People on TikTok are like being really disingenuous about this because they're like making fun of his demo tracks for We Don't Talk About Bruno. And literally every new musical song I've ever learned, because I, I know a lot of composers, mm-hmm. they always send me demo tracks with them singing every part because that's how you learn it Honestly, and that's how yes. you record it it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if they're a little pitchy because they're not doing it for the final they're doing it so no, you they're can doing learn it so it. you can hear the lyrics <laughs> yeah and and so then people are, are getting you know teenagers on tiktok are getting that and going oh look how bad lynn is and it's like he obviously didn't mean this to be the final he did this for the performers to learn yeah. the part and have a other voice singing while they're recording their or part. just to like, animate too which is what that 
clip is from. It's right. just like for timing. Yeah. yeah, it's and I'm like, this wasn't the final product, and they're like, oh, I bet he really wanted to be Bruno, and it's like, well, so what if he? So what if he wrote a character that is kind of his type? Mm-hmm. He usually writes a kind of his type character amongst mm-hmm. many roles in his shows. Like I don't know if you've noticed, but right. In the Heights, Encanto, and Hamilton have way more parts than a lot of musicals. Yes, and do. it's not like he's writing all of those in his range. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got um, Eliza doing the fantastic belty stuff in Burn. You've got, um, you know, Aaron Burr doing, you know, Wait for It. Um, have you ever heard his demo of Satisfied? It's great. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, Absolutely. because he writes to his skills. He never goes, you know what? I should play Aaron Burr. He was like, I'm going to play I Hamilton. I mean, he did. And, well, he but was, you know. He was deciding. Not, but when he even... went init- yeah, 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 yeah. Like in the end result, I mean, like uh, he, Hamilton ended up being the track for his type. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, guys who can maybe sing a little bit better than him or train a little bit better than him can maybe yeah. make those flourishes, but you don't need them for it to be a good performance. It's like yeah. all the Eliza or, oh, sorry, it's like all the Angelica opt-ups. It's like, sure, mm-hmm. sure, they're fine. Yeah. Great. But like, I'm still getting the story of, like the story of the song is kind of what's getting me excited. Right. Like if I just hear the same opt-up every time, I'm like, mm. and that's the thing. I, opt-ups mean nothing to me anymore. I don't yeah. care anymore. I hear a high note now at the end of a song and I go, okay. Because they all sound the same. And but, it used to be thrilling. You used to hear mm-hmm. someone hit a high note at the end of the song and you used to get excited about it. And now I, I mm-hmm. feel I'm dead inside, you guys. I'm dead. <laughs> well, that's a fair point of being dead inside, but we're going well, back to the source here with um, Alphaba. Yeah. And do you know how fucking Adina Menzel got the role of Alphaba? She fucked do up tell. hitting a high note. <laughs> She tried to do the last note of Defying Gravity, and she's like, ah, fuck me. And they're like, that's the character. Uh, there it is. Keep that. Yeah. And she's up against some stiff competition. Like, and Stephanie J. Block Stephanie was like J. right Block there was... in the wings mm-hmm. waiting to take her spot. She and sure just because she showed I've seen, she's character. a fantastic alpha by Sara on tour, by the way. So Yeah, she is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Nothing against Stephanie J. Block. She is probably one of the best vocalists. She also has yeah. instinctive voice, but let's not, let's not go into that. Yeah, and... I the thing is I'll, I'll see like sometimes like bitchy comments on Twitter when people are like oh yeah let's go back to the days where everyone was was a sucky singer and you know everyone was flat and cracking and it's like that's not the point I'm you know I'm kind of trying to make we don't all need to bring back you know Celeste Holm and the original cast of Oklahoma I love you Celeste Holm rest in peace mm-hmm. but like I, I never need to hear her version of I can't say no because it doesn't sound good <laughs> but but you know come on like why are there no like John Raitt again John Raitt I could listen, you know, that baritoner, um, when mm-hmm. he sings soliloquy, you know, I cry, I die. Like, I, I love that stuff. And he'll hit high notes. Um, or even, like, someone like Stephanie Mills in The Wiz. She's, you know, mm-hmm. singing amazingly, but I could pick her voice out. It's like there used to be something for everyone. You had your yeah. actor your actor first musical theater performers. You had your character musical theater performers. Mm-hmm. You had... Um, just just different voice types and now it's like every single role in the show you have to be like right here for the whole thing and it's like i, I, don't, yeah. I don't want it young kids i'm sorry chrissy continue <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think that goes into you know doing a lot of um you know these teen movies and you know old 80s nostalgia things it's like okay can we actually write something for somebody over the age of 35 please you know, yeah. I want to be able, I want to have roles that are not Mama Rose and Desiree Armfelt. You know, they're wonderful roles, but I mean, you know, it's. 
Yeah, or just let's like, expand the let's expand the pool, <laughs> and let's expand the vocal type pool. Let's just not, you know, I would love to be able to do newer musicals where I I don't have to like hurt my voice because I'm trying to fit myself into a box that I'm not in. You know, that's why like Sondheim musicals have always been what I really gravitate to because of it, they just fit my thing. Um, more than like say Park and Bark Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff, um, <laughs> but there's good belting in those shows, and I can differentiate. Yeah. L- listen to like One Day More, like the original Broadway cast. Right. I, well, that's the now, other- oh, here's here's a good example. I, I I'm so sorry. I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but I have never ever 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 been able to stand Frances Raffel's voice. She hits the notes. But I do not like the way her tone. I do not care for mm-hmm. it. I un- but I would never go. She can't sing. No. I would just hear her going on my own, and I'm like, Well, here's my here's my hot give take. Give me Leia Yeah. Here's my hot take. I've never liked Carol Channing's voice. I mean, it's iconic. It's her. It's distinctive. But it's time. It, it's it's uh, what something it is. about it is just not my thing. So that's it's the, it's yeah. The gravelly, yeah. Yeah. Diamonds are a girl's best yeah. friend. Diamonds. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And that's the thing when people say that about Lynn, I go, I get it. Like, I'm not going to convince you mm-hmm. otherwise. If you just don't like his voice, then that's your opinion. But I wouldn't, I, being like, he can't sing. I think someone on TikTok said, like, like I, I think he's actually an ensemble voice. Like, he shouldn't be doing more than that. And I said, well, that's your opinion. Like, like, yeah. you, okay, what do you want me to do about it? He's writing his own yeah. stuff. That's the Some, other thing. They get yeah. so jealous about that. They are yeah. so mad that he writes stuff that he stars in. And we've, and that's. We've yeah, all, all three of us thing. have talked about you know, this a lot. You know, Lynn is throwing something else into the mix because it's not just singing and acting, it is rapping, which is an entirely different skill set. Mm-hmm. I've seen both In the Heights and Hamilton with other people, and it's like, yeah, they can sing, but then they hit those, like, you know, patter bits, and it's like, yeah. you aren't keeping up, man. <laughs> I've seen Hugh Jackman in the music van, and I'm like, you aren't keeping up, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I want young oh, kids. Oh, you got trouble, my friends. <laughs> right, right here, here I say trouble River right City. here in River City. <laughs> I want these young people, these young people that write their thirst trap song, like Broadway singers, the ones that they make like their stan accounts for, um, yeah. to compare someone like Christian Borle, Brian Darcy James, you know, those folks, to someone like Jeremy Jordan or Andrew Rannells or any of those. And there is a distinctive difference. Line them up in a row. I cannot pick out Jeremy Jordan and Andrew Rannells as much as they have incredible voices. They I can pick same. out Andrew Rannells, uh, but sometimes. I think it's because he's gotten into voiceover work. And so I think I recognize him like what is he oh he's on that show um he's on big mouth and i always recognize his voice but that's that's i think um a little more because of that book of mormon stuff because that called for a little bit more character character i mean josh gad like even when he sings Mm -hmm. i tend to not know it's him oh really i feel like it's i because he has that weird vibrato which i like actually like he has a much more character voice yeah i would say but yeah one of the only people i can maybe pick out like um Lindsay Mendez I can pick yeah. out her voice and mm-hmm. I think it's she sings in that same place every everyone else does but she's got that kind of um I don't know like that growl I guess or like the rawness raw sound with it but she's tends to be comedic more often I think that people that tend to yeah. get typecast into comedic roles have a more distinctive voice mm. where yeah, yeah. they should yes, in theory they should yeah 
Um, but I think like, I, I, again, I don't know very many of these newer musicals, but like, um, like Mean Girls, why does everyone, why do all, why does every character sound the same in Mean Girls right. when, when some of them should be standing out, you know, the, and uh, I will the say other... with the exception of Barrett Wilbert Weed, I agree with you there. Barrett Wilbert okay, Weed yeah. has a very distinctive, mm-hmm. weird, loud mm-hmm. Where it is still in that, like, I can sing anything high. It is very distinctive, and I can pick yeah. it out in any chorus m- moment. And I get that you need to have, <laughs> for some shows and for some parts, you should have characters of a comparable timbre. Um, right. Like, like but even though Glinda maybe sings on the higher end, Elphaba and Glinda harmonize so much that they are their voices are yeah, both sitting in the mask that. there. Glinda's not yeah. back here singing like like Golden Age Soprano. She's doing more of a mixy thing when they're singing together. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, or like in Hadestown, the Fates, like obviously there's one of each part, but they've got to be tight and they've got to yeah. blend. That's like Andrew Sisters stuff. So I get that. But then when there's no differentiation between any of the characters' voices mm-hmm. anywhere, I I really do feel like an old fuddy-duddy where I sit there and listen to these albums. I'm like, I can't tell who any of these characters are. I can't tell. Yeah who's going back and forth here. And so I I'll take I'll take a million Lynn Manuel Miranda's over that and stop being jealous that he writes his own stuff. You could write your own stuff. Go do it. <laughs> like ever Also that's not new to musical theater. Not new to Broadway at all. People have yeah. always done it. He was just smart enough and well-liked enough and had the means to kind of keep going with the stuff he was writing. Right. You know, it ended up on Broadway and he ended up being really good at it. I do want to add a caveat here of interesting voices that people talk shit about, but I don't even know if we should be doing that. Um, And this is the movie musical territory where people, I, I know, I know, but say what you will about these actors learning to sing. Um, they have very distinctive voices. Russell Crowe has one of the most distinctive voices that <laughs> well, does hit every note is, technically. Okay, yeah. Hugh Jackman does have a distinctive voice. Hugh has Hugh has that, you know, kind of high, wide vibrato, that tenor sound. Mm-hmm. Like, I can pick Hugh Jackman out for sure. Eddie I mean, Redmayne. Yeah. One of the brilliant things that that Les Mis movie did is put Eddie Redmayne with this, like, really <laughs> deep, like, opera sound yeah. up against Aaron Tveit. Because every time anyone has seen Les Mis, they're always getting Andra and Marius confused. They're like, who's singing 100%. what? So that was who's one of the here? smartest choices that movie made. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, Adam and Driver it's, in Annette. <laughs> Weirdest yeah. voice I've ever heard. And it again, it comes back to um st- to uh, the style of the music and the style of the character. I mean, you know, it's a thousand times Gerard Butler is not. It does not sound like somebody who is a musical genius. I'm sorry, you're no. listening to this, and it's like, no, <laughs> you know, you never taught anybody to sing in your life. You better barely know how to do it yourself. <laughs> well, and I think we've evolved to a state now in as we emerge from one of the most, um, I don't know, one of the best movie musical seasons we've had in oh a long God, time. Oh my God, last year fantastic, it, yeah. Yeah, you know, we, there was the promise of something started with Chicago and Moulin Rouge back at the beginning of the, you know, the 21st mm-hmm. century. And then yeah, movie musicals have never really been like back, back. They kind of came back for that little bit. They and kept then trying gone, and then they did. Kept and they trying. Kept, you know, yeah. And they didn't work. And now I think we're at a place where I don't think I don't think a Russell Crowe situation could happen now because we are getting more and more crossover from Broadway 
to the screen. And we've mm-hmm. just, frankly, are getting like more movie stars who are starting out on Broadway. Ariana right. DeBose is about to have a very big next few months. Um, yeah, she's and, gonna get all. She's uh, going to be nominated for yeah. all the things. She yeah, and her Oh my God, Lin uh-huh. Manuel. How many projects does Lin Manuel have up for consideration in the Heights? Oh my like, God, we got boom, Vivo, Tick Tick Boom. So we get people. We get you know people like that who are making that transition and plucking plucking people out of obscurity like you know Rachel Zegler, and then you've got someone like Andrew Garfield who was eager and willing and extremely well cast and Mm -hmm. the thing about singing is that if you're unless you're completely tone deaf and even then if you train and work on it like any muscle you can learn to sing literally anyone can learn to sing at any age um you can do it and if you can carry a tune you know he was lucky to have be working with like vocal coaches and like training for like a year Mm -hmm. to learn how to sing so he ended up doing it, it amazingly yeah. so and it fits jonathan larson has more that rock pop <clears throat> sound so yeah it fit with um what he was doing he wasn't he wasn't writing for like the big legit voices he was writing for no. you know the pe- himself and, the and he was he writing knew. for his own specific yeah. voice he was writing for larson's exactly. own that's, voice so it's in his range so it's a such a manageable range yeah <laughs> it's an autobiographical yeah. show i mean he was writing for himself yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 That's why I don't like to scoff immediately when movie stars get cast in movie musicals, because a lot of times I'll go like, well, okay, they might not be the worst. Um, they, if, it, um, if they have some kind of training or if, it, also a lot of us just start off our lives doing theater. A lot of yeah. us kind of know how to sing and whatnot because we learned how to do it in school. Um, so... I think that we can, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think people want movie musicals to be good now. I guess that's the point. Like, like a bar has been set, and I think we're going to have less kind of, ah, just throw a Russell Crowe in there because he's got like, a band <laughs> or something. You know who was cast? Like, literally cast, started costuming and all that before Russell Crowe was re- replaced them? Mm-hmm. Paul Bettany was supposed to be Javert before. I heard that. I remember when that was, I was there. I remember I it Paul being Bettany. announced alongside Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway. That was the three people announced to be in that movie. Then two weeks later, Cameron McIntosh is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I changed this. I, I took Russell to dinner and now he's doing it. Oh. <laughs> ah, jeez. I think Paul Bettany Cameron McIntosh screws everything up Paul again. Paul Bettany is wonderful. I don't know his, I don't know his deal with singing. Um, But I just like him anyway, so... Well, my biggest problem with Javert isn't even that the singing. It's... That's not really what you go to that musical movie for. Um, Yeah. It's just that we got two Australian buff guys fighting each other. And I just, like... (laughs) I think Javert should have been, like, real spindly police officer type up against this Mm -hmm. massive Hugh Jackman to make him look even bigger. My problem... No, see, my problem with that... They're comparable height, though, I think. Yeah. My problem with that is isn't so much you know Russell Crowe's voice. It's that when you watch the watch him, it is so ter- painfully obvious that he's not used to singing and acting at the yeah. same time. No way to go on. Yeah, but it's there like, are some moments that he see, nails it. You can it. see the work. You can see the work going on behind his head. It's like wow, you really can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah, exactly. There are two yeah. moments in that movie where he really nails it. Like the one time where he goes to Hugh Jackman is like, "I mistook you for a convict." Like where he's just trying uh-huh. to. That scene really works, and the scene where. Um, Valjean saves him um, from being murdered at the bar- barricade. That scene mm-hmm. works. Those two, yeah. I'm like, all right, you showed up to work that day. Yes. 
God. Everything else, bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, how about we all keep our dear friend connection and recommend a song that we think has an interesting singing voice, unlike anything that we've heard uh, in current day Broadway. Um, <laughs> we ready? Emily, do you want to start? Oh, sure. Um, let's do, let's do, um, let's do Elaine Stritch doing The Ladies Who Lunch. Hell yeah. Um, I, I, if you, if you've ever seen, there's a video on YouTube of her just doing it, you know, in the seventies, like in a black box directly to the camera in her usual white shirt and, you know, black tights. And, um, I think it's one of the best acting songs you that you know says has ever been written um and she nails it and it's, it really is like oh this is what happens when method acting and musical theater kind of combine it's yeah. it's wonderful and you don't want a high note you want screaming at the end and i love it right brilliant all right christy what about you Okay, I am going to go with uh, Mandy Patinkin singing Race You to the Top of the Morning from The Secret Garden because it's where he has that, you know, very distinctive, fragile falsetto that he has. Race and it's just, to the top of the morning. And it's, you know, it's very much Mandy Patinkin and it's... It's just so very him. I can't imagine anybody else doing that song. Secret Garden, another show with we need multiple vocal parts. Exactly. Down the line. Lily's, Lily's Eyes, one of the best male duets ever. Rebecca Luker, Soprano Ghost. I still, I'm probably too old at this point, but I still really want to play Martha because she caps out at a B flat. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's best Eakin song in the girl. show. So oh, much So good. Oh my yes. God, I love that musical. Revive it. Please revive the Secret Garden. Yeah, we need a, we need a revival and yesterday. do not do that new Broadway sound. I want a nice, high, pretty surprise. I do not want an in the mask Lily's eyes. Nope. No. Sutton no, Foster. No, no. Come on. Oh, up. God. Sutton Foster as Lily. Sh- yes, Sutton, Sutton Foster you, as Mary Lennox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I, I once again, I'm going to go a wholly different direction to you um, both because I, I love being contrarian and I am the one person that really loves this movie. Um, and this is Adam Driver singing Sympathy for the Abyss from Annette which I, I love this musical. And he has just this very distinct, very strange sounding voice that hits all the notes technically. And, <laughs> but he's also acting his ass off through every single line. He has discovered how he wants to say every line and he's dedicated to mm-hmm. acting first and singing second. And it works. Hey, he did Into the Woods in children's theater, so he counts. He yeah. would have <laughs> probably been a better baker than, than James Corden, but... <laughs> You know what? Make him the mysterious man. He's weird enough looking. Yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do it! Yeah, speaking of interesting voices, Tom Aldridge. Oh, Chip Z and Elaine, so many. Arr. Yeah, um, there's too many to list, but quit picking on Lin-Manuel Miranda, kids. Yeah, leave him <laughs> alone. He's fine, you guys. I, I think a lot of it just stems from teenagers being like, oh, and over 40 is earnest. And I, yeah, that's... that's that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cynicism for me only. Hell yeah. Hell All right, yeah. kids. Be nice. Be nice to your your singers. They, they work really hard. And, and you know what? When I see you write parts. a musical and then yeah. write a role for yourself and then maybe you don't live up to it, then I'm going to pick on you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like that? Yeah, you like them apples. All right, we'll see Mr. you next Goldstone. time. Uh, wait, no, hold on. Sorry, cut that out, <laughs> yeah, future Jesse. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, everyone. I was say, do we? 
yeah. promote your stuff, your wonderful content for the world to see. Uh, Christy, you want to start? All right. I am on Musical Hell on most uh, sites. I um, make fun of a lot of people who are terrible singers in movies, um, not just, you know, not just distinctive voices, but distinctive voices who really shouldn't be saying, really shouldn't be doing those parts. <laughs> um, let's see. I have a Patreon and a Redbubble. I'm working on castigating some Disney, some DCOMs right now. So <laughs> that's great. She makes great content. <laughs> Emily, you're up next. Yeah. Um, so I'm stealing focus on YouTube and on Patreon. Um, we do musical theater history lessons with the help of my fuzzy green puppet pal, Gerald. Uh, and you can find me at Emily A.B. Clark. It looks like Emily A.B.C. Lark on Twitter, TikTok, Insta, all, pretty much all the social media stuff. Fantastic. You can find me at Musicals for Cheese on the Broadway Podcast Network or on Twitter at Jesse D. McAnally, where I share all of my terrible opinions. And believe me, I've got a ton of them. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, it is. And Emily will always be like, oh, you don't. <laughs> you sure you want to say I'm that there? <laughs> hey, we can also we can all share terrible opinions on Twitter together. It's oh, wonderful. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Dem- I demand an answer for your terrible opinion. Oh. <laughs> Block. <laughs> it's my well, terrible opinion and I'm keeping it. And I'm not apologizing. <laughs> Man, I, I apologize for every terrible opinion I have. <laughs> I and even one person's like, hey, I'm disappointed in you. I'm like, I am too. All right, I'm deleting this. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Bye. Dear Friends. Bye-bye. Dear friends, spill your woes to your musical family. Dear friends, they will take your questions and turn them into nuggets of wisdom. And anecdotes in an otherwise cynical world. Dear friends. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.